0: You're listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. On today's episode of Athleisure Kitchen, we catch up with Chef Kristen Kish, who we enjoy seeing her hosting, judging a number of culinary shows, and taking us through her recent trip to Seoul. We took some time to catch up with her since talking earlier this year, ahead of True TV's Fast Foodies' second season. We talk about her co-hosting Netflix's Iron Chef, Quest for an Iron Legend, alongside Alton Brown, her new show on National Geographic, Restaurants at the End of the World, and being on Selena and Chef on HBO Max. We also talk about her latest partnership with Jonga Kimchi, a worldwide number one Korean brand. She also talks about their generation preservation campaign to preserve plant-forward food, health and wellness through fermentation, and the environment to minimize food waste. Kristen nice to see you again likewise I was like I know that name (laughs) (laughs) well I am so glad to connect with you again I know we talked earlier this year ahead of fast foodies seeing you on iron chef um, quest for the iron legends so good love the dynamic between you and Alton um and I love the whole tidbit about how Korean fried chicken which is one of my favorite chickens or chickens to eat um was was done and getting those tidbits why did you want to be a part of this show
1: I mean, I mean, first and foremost, when they say Iron Chef is coming back and then Iron Chef is coming back on Netflix, mm-hmm. it means a lot of different things. I think Iron Chef obviously is um, so iconic in the Japanese form mm-hmm. and then to see it evolve over time and then it hit the Food Network. And then for me, when it hits Netflix, it just completely yeah. diversifies in a lot of ways. You hit so many different audiences. We can pull from different chefs. Like there's so much more storytelling that can yeah. be had. And so I think for me, obviously, Iron Chef, yes, and then Iron Chef Netflix, and then it says Alton Brown's coming back. Uh-huh. And so already for me feeling relatively insecure going into that job, it would scare anybody, I think, um, <laughs> to go on to that to go on that show and feel like I can hold my own Mm -hmm. and have enough to say of things that are worth hearing and being able to do that with the comfort of Elfin next to me. I Mm -hmm. think that was like a nice dynamic coming together. So, I mean, all of it scared me shitless, but honestly it was, you know, I mean, how do you not say yes to that?
0: It looked amazing and you were perfect fit for it. And I was so happy. And I was like, Oh, there are going to be more episodes because I just love that whole season. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And then you're also on the latest season of Selena and chef, which is out now on HBO max. I love the format of the show. How was it for you to do something virtually where you're telling someone else how to cook something and what drew you in to want to be a part of it?
1: Oh, I remember. So I requested, I was like, my manager, I was like, I Mm want to go on Selena and chef. I just, I think it looks like a lot of fun and why wouldn't I want to cook with Selena Gomez? Exactly. um, she's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, she does what she does. And she was like, all right, great. So they want you on the next season. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Honestly, when I, it was so much more than what I expected mm-hmm. in various ways. And so I was expecting to go on there, cook Selena, how to or teach Selena, how to cook some things and then just call it a day. But I remember all the pre-production calls. they were like, no, we want, we want to do start to finish. Like we want to, she, I want, we want to have her work. And like, do it. There's no fluff around it. There's no like swap outs in and off camera. Everything that she's doing, we filmed for good over six hours getting this stuff done. Wow. Selena went for it and she just did it all. (laughs) And I think that was the most interesting part of the whole thing. It is hard to teach over Zoom because you are missing a human connection in a lot of ways. But for what it was and what was being asked of her. Mm -hmm. To be quite frank, I thought, I mean, the whole thing was just a really, really phenomenal experience.
0: Oh my god! And you know, because you always have so much going on, you're also hosting Restaurants at the End of the World on National Geographic. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. You're oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> for a girl that didn't think she would travel in her life because I was just going to work in kitchens and I would yep. just not make a ton of money and I was just going to live my life and that's just what it was going to be. And to say that I can travel for my job, not only mm-hmm. travel for my job, but travel to pockets of the world where it's relative, it's very foreign to me yeah. like in, in meeting chefs who have this resilience about how they run a quote restaurant and that can mean several different definitions mm-hmm. how they run a restaurant with very limited resource and access to the luxuries that we have yeah. in restaurants here especially in the states yeah. and so I mean the whole project is really phenomenal I think the biggest thing yes food is always going to be the through line but it's about who these people are and why and how they do this mm-hmm. like it's just, it is mind blowing to me. I've learned a tremendous amount about how to just a lot. The theme of a lot of these people is just relinquishing control mm-hmm. and what will be, will be. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> like and I'm like, ah, that's, oh, <laughs> that's such a hard concept because in my form of restaurants, anything I can control, I'm going yeah. to. If mm-hmm. I can control the outcome, you better believe I'm controlling that outcome because there's so many unknowns. Um, oh my but God. all these all these people have been really phenomenal.
0: Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to check that out. Thanks. And so I love kimchi. You were partnered with Janga kimchi. Why was this such a fit for you that you wanted to be a part of it?
1: You know, Korean culture for me, I've had a complicated relationship with um, being an adoptee. And I think a lot of adoptees can relate to whether you're adopted from wherever you're from, mm-hmm. um, having a, a connection to your culture when you aren't brought up in that kind of household. Yeah. Um, or surrounded by by people that look like you. And I think for me, it was always, you know, I shied away from a lot of it because I was like, well, I'm not Korean enough. And yeah. so who am I to own Korean culture? Because it's not mine, mm-hmm. but it is mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to redefine what it is and what it means to me. And so um I recently took my first trip to Korea. I mm-hmm. ate so much food, traditional <laughs> and otherwise. Right. And for me, I think it opened up my eyes to say, "Well, there's not one way to do this." Right. And I think giving myself permission to lean into to um, partnering with A Kimchi, which is so—I mean, it's originated in Korea, and it's the number one world number one worldwide brand um, in Korea. Like, and to say, you know what? Hold on. Also, they want me yep. for a reason, and that reason is for my story, and my interpretation. Of what korean means to me and so um i think just them giving me the permission and then them giving me the permission to to create recipes that aren't traditionally korean mm-hmm. and i think that was like this whole like oh okay here we are now i understand what this means um and so it's just been a really dream partnership for me i
0: mean, I mean personally
1: I- and professionally
0: Well, and I think that's amazing. And I've been, you know, I was watching your Instagram when you were going, you know, to Korea and seeing all these things. I'm like, oh, wow, that's so good to be like, there's a sense of connection that everyone has, even if you, you know, are here in America and you grew up in a family that does look like you. But, you know, as an African-American, you're still trying to figure out, well, where do the roots come from? What does that mean? And so I think watching you do that and to be able to share that with other people, I think that was just so impactful and beautiful. Thank you. Um, I enjoy eating it on its own or like in a salad, but what are recipes in terms of like integrating it in a different way? Because I am so, I love this dish so much that I wanna know like, what else should I be doing with it?
1: (laughs) So there's, I mean, there's honestly any place where you can impart acid, Mm -hmm. I say add kimchi, swap it Mm -hmm. out. Whether that be a burger or you chop it up and like thread it through like a beautiful carbonara. Like think about little bits of like the acid and heat through something so rich. Um, I created two recipes specifically with Janga kimchi for Janga kimchi. Mm-hmm. And one is kind of a play on my Midwestern love of potatoes.
0: Yes, I'm from the Midwest too. So yeah? yes, yes. Okay, perfect. I live in so New York now, but I'm from yeah. Indiana.
1: so Okay, We're go- you're going to be right here with me. There's, <laughs> yeah. I love a tater tot. Give me a potato oh, yes. and a tater tot in any form. And then kind of like jazz it up. And now we can call it kind of a croquette. And now we're in like little, you know, <laughs> little fancier background. And mm-hmm. then... The love of Korean barbecue and the cheese corn that you get, like, oh. And so mixing that all together with like this smoked mozzarella bechamel that I make, and then you thread it mm. with fresh corn, potatoes, bread it, fry it. It's crunchy, cheesy, delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is kind of my ode to, um, you know, little hot dogs wrapped in bake croissant dough. You know, we can't really call that roll, Right. name the brand. It's not true croissant. It's more of a dough, but um, you know, the love of pigs in a blanket and it's Mm. just so yummy. And I make a kimchi honey mustard um, using the kimchi brine because we chop up the kimchi to put inside the roll and then use the brine to mix the honey mustard. And it's just, it is so good.
0: Last time I turned me on to, to Kupi? Kupi. Yes. Kupi. Yep. Which I love that. Now you've turned me on to that I need my tater tots, <laughs> kimchi, <in it>. check. <laughs> so, you know, um, how is kimchi made, and why is it important to preserve plant biodiversity?
1: Food waste in general. You know, a lot of times in restaurants, we're always thinking about how to preserve, how to make things last, how to use the undesirable pieces of different vegetables and meats, and you know, it's something that I've been very passionate about ever since the culinary industry and also learning how to do it because a lot of you go into culinary school and they don't necessarily teach you how to use the end cuts and how to use the things that are less desirable. And so it's important. One, I think kimchi is important to preserve the history and the culture of kimchi making. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone on a deep dive of YouTube of watching sweet Korean ladies make kimchi. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's just, uh, um, and obviously it was, it stems from, a place of need and that's where a lot of things stem from and why we do the things we do it's Mm -hmm. out of necessity and so in order to but we'll just call it a fact Mm -hmm. um, that there's a very high percentage of cabbage that is at risk or has gone extinct different varietals that are no longer and in use or production or being grown and so the generation preservation campaign that Jonga is doing is really focusing on the the preserving of the preserve history of preservation and why we do the things we do in order to keep sustaining these vegetables mm-hmm. and to kind of like keep things moving forward. Um, and so, you know, being able to use products mm-hmm. like that, I think, are really important. And how you make kimchi. So there's different variations. There's cabbage mm-hmm. kimchi, there's other kimchi, every like all food food has evolved and carries different stories from all different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But traditional cabbage kimchi is this rice paste flurry, Mm -hmm. Korean chili flakes, lots of aromatics, ginger, garlic, all blended into a paste. And then you layer it with each leaf. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of the, um, I think a lot of the rich tradition is in the process, right? Watching how meticulous it is in order to make it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think anyone at home can make kimchi. -hmm. Do I think that there are far better kimchi, especially that I can personally make? Absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it's just best to to buy it, to buy it. it, Exactly. Oh my gosh. My sister just came back from Seoul and I was watching all of her pictures and I'm like, oh, I want to eat it from there.
1: (laughs) It's honestly, have you ever been?
0: I have not been. So I'm hopefully next year I'll go. My sister goes three and four times a year. So I really want to go. I mean, I, I have a number of, of the the Korean restaurants I love to eat here in New York, but I really want to go to the source.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I tell you, I've eaten at a lot of Korean restaurants in L.A. and New York. I think the, the Korea towns, I guess, of those specific two cities, right. you know, you can find some really good stuff. But there is something to be said when you sit in a in a Korean restaurant with a bunch of Korean people and you don't understand everything there's just like this there's something that just brings it to I don't know this other level um and I gotta tell you things taste different over there in in a really beautiful way
0: well you are always on the go and you always have so many things that are going on um I've never been to your restaurant in Austin we will actually be there next spring so I can't wait to to check it out for myself are there upcoming projects you have going on or things you want to tell me about that our, our readers should know about
1: Yes. So obviously we have restaurants at the end of the world, which is like a huge, amazing thing And the restaurant. Please come visit, please, please come visit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also, I guess parallel to kimchi is that I have a line of soju coming out. So it's the (laughs) Korean alcohol. (laughs) I like that reaction. (laughs) That's a great reaction. And I, you know, a lot of soju is very like, uh aha, like harsh. Right. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I'm doing a line of four aperitifs, you know, with lots of great storytelling um, and a lot of a lot of good a good stuff and good flavor in it. So um, wow. keep an eye out for that. Grab some jonga kimchi and my new soju, and just like go have a grand it's old dinner.
0: time. <laughs> To sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is a division of Athleisure Media and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya, or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash athleisure kitchen and on Instagram at athleisure kitchen and at athleisure studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.